Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, January 28th, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian feasts and Marian meditations. Well, today we have a number of different Marian feasts. We'll start off in France, where we're told by uh, uh, Abbot Orsini that near Rouen, France, they celebrate Our Lady of Good Succor an image that is very very celebrated in the country, he says. Um, regarding this particular image, I couldn't actually find out any more information. It's interesting that in New Orleans, they celebrate Our Lady of Prompt Succor um, through the influence of French Ursuline nuns who brought that devotion there. So I don't know if there's a connection or not, but in any event, Our Lady of Good Succor, they celebrate in France. Likewise in France, they celebrate Our Lady of the Green Scapular, Right, this comes to us from Paris. So, what's the story here? Well, it was January 28th, so today, in 1840, that a young novice of the Daughters of Charity, of that's of Saint Vincent de Paul, in Rue de Bac in Paris, a sister Justina Bisquevreau, who passed away in 1903, so that kind of sets the time, um, was gifted, was favored, for the first time with a heavenly apparition. While she was praying, Our Lady appeared to her with a white dress that um, went down all the way to her feet, with a, a, a sky-blue mantle, without a veil, with uh, hair that went down to her back, having her hands above her heart, which was pierced by a sword, and from which came out abundant flames. Right? So the, mana, the, the, the Madonna, Our Lady, entrusted the sister with a certain task. She said, you need to make a, a, a certain, like... Um, uh, like a metal of, of fabric, right? Basically, a, a scapular, right? Which had on one hand her image, as she had appeared to her, and the other hand her pierced heart with the words, Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us now and in the hour of our death, right? So this is the origin of the devotion to the green scapular, this apparition to Sister Justina. Lastly, we head to Guatemala City in Guatemala, where they celebrate Our Lady of the Rosary. So we might think, well, okay, why is that? Well, three local smiths, these metal workers, um, made a silver statue of Our Lady of the Rosary for the Dominican Church of the old capital city of Guatemala in the late 1500s. Unfortunately, there was an earthquake in 1773, which destroyed the church and left the statue in pieces under the rubble. Right, so the government decided to move to move to a new location, right, which is now called Guatemala City, but it's not the original capital, right. In the meantime, as they were looking through the remains of all these different things, they found, yeah, the pieces of the statue, which a silversmith was able to restore to its original beauty, right. On November fifth, eighteen o eight, so we're talking, uh, you know, maybe yeah, maybe two hundred years after the original statue. Um, the recovered statue came in triumph to the new Church of St. Dominic in the new capital city, right? In 1821, the leaders of the independence movement proclaimed Our Lady of the Rosary patroness of the new nation of Guatemala, right? And as the papal representative, the Archbishop of Guatemala crowned the statue on January 28th, today, in 1934. Um those close by said they saw the Virgin bow her head humbly as he placed the crown on her head, um, which was studded, we might add, with 121 emeralds, 44 diamonds, 80 pearls, and a golden rose. So if you thought the crown of the Blessed Virgin that we, we meditated on was impressive, well, 121 emeralds, 44 diamonds, that's quite impressive in itself. Not as impressive or as beautiful, we might add, as our Blessed Mother, but nevertheless, we do our best. In 1969, Pope St. Paul VI 
designated that, dedicated that church, uh, or designated that church of St. Dominic as the Pontifical Basilica of Our Lady of the Rosary, right? Guatemala celebrates its patronal feast on October 7th, the Feast of the Rosary, right? But nonetheless, we recall today the coronation of that statue. And that's what we're celebrating today, January 28th. So again today, we're continuing with our selections of Meditations on Mary, Our Mother. These are taken from the writings of St. John Henry Newman. Again, we're in the section entitled The Assumption, although not all of these deal directly with the Assumption. And today's reading is entitled The Sinless Mother. It comes to us from uh, Henry Newman's On the Litany of Loretto for the Month of May. So let's hear what John Henry Newman has to say about The Sinless Mother. Another consideration, which has led devout minds to believe in the assumption of Our Lady into heaven after her death, without waiting for the general resurrection at the last day, is furnished by the doctrine of her Immaculate Conception. By her Immaculate Conception is meant that not only did she never commit any sin whatever, even venial, in thought, word, or deed, but further than this, that the guilt of Adam, or what is called original sin, never was her guilt as it is the guilt attaching to all other descendants of Adam. By her assumption is meant that not only her soul, but her body also, was taken up to heaven upon her death, so that there was no long period of her sleeping in the grave, as in the case with others, even great saints, who wait for the last day for the resurrection of their bodies. One reason for believing in Our Lady's assumption is that her Divine Son loved her too much to let her body remain in the grave. A second reason, that now before us, is this, that she was not only dear to the Lord as a mother is dear to a son, but also that she was so transcendently holy, so full, so overflowing with grace. Adam and Eve were created upright and sinless, and had a large measure of God's grace bestowed upon them. And in consequence, their bodies would never have corrupted into dust had they not sinned upon which it was said to them, Dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. If Eve, the beautiful daughter of God, never would have become dust and ashes unless she had sinned, shall we not say that Mary, having never sinned, retained the gift which Eve by sinning lost? What had Mary done to forfeit the privilege given to our first parents in the beginning? Was her comeliness to be turned into corruption, and her fine gold to become dim? without reason assigned? Impossible. Therefore we believe that, though she died for a short hour, as did our Lord Jesus himself, yet like him, and by his almighty power, she was raised again from the grave. She is also called the Tower of David. A tower, in its simplest idea, is a fabric for defense against enemies. David, king of Israel, built for this purpose a noble tower. And he is a figure or type of our Lord, so is his tower a figure denoting our Lord's virgin mother. She is called the Tower of David, because she had so signally fulfilled the office of defending her divine son from the assaults of his foes. It is customary with those who are not Catholic to fancy that the honors we pay to her interfere with the supreme worship which we pay to him that in Catholic teaching she eclipses him. But this is the very reverse of the truth. 